Welcome into Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg, as always, joined by Mr. Vince Carter. VC's in the house. And today we are very excited because we are joined by teenage phenom, tennis player extraordinaire, Coco Goff. Hello. How are you? I'm good, and you? Good. How was that intro? I didn't include all your accolades, but I feel like teenage phenom is like a great phrase. Yeah. Sums it up. For anyone wondering, the other old head in the room... With all due respect, is Coco's dad, Corey Goff. Yes. Who goes all the way back with Vince how long? Three and a half, four years. Uh, our daughters were training together out here, out here in Boca. And uh, she was putting my daughter through the ringer. Was she? <laughs> Teaching the ropes. And she yeah. got so much better. Uh, it, was a, it was a great move. Uh, I think you spoke with her mom yes. to get her to come down. And she asked me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And how are you? How's how's Florida? How's tennis? Tennis is great. Life's great. Everything's great. Life's and, a little busy. Yeah, busy, but a, a good kind of busy. I actually heard your dad talking to Vince about this, but you guys have been in similar situations, yes. right? So you're mm-hmm. up and coming teenage phenom. You just beat one of your idols and Vince Vince was in that. So Vince, just talk to Coke a little bit about being in those shoes. And I know it was, it was a lo- couple years ago, but... It's funny. I got chill, chills about when you were talking about playing against your idol. Um I got the opportunity to play. Dr. J is one of my idols, and I got the opportunity to play uh, Dr. J in the pickup many years ago in Where Orlando. Where was this? In Orlando. Like, he was still playing. So this I was still, like, in early 20s, like, well, 21, 22. And he's playing pickup in uh, RDV Center in no Orlando. <laughs> and um, just getting the opportunity to play against him. I, I mean, I, I played against Mike as well. So, you know, I know a lot of people are like, what about Michael Jordan? Well, that's another story as well. Right. But, you know, Dr. J is, is one of the guys who I felt hung the moon. And he, he, just the way he carried himself, the way he uh, approached the, the game, the sport, his professionalism. And the one thing I always say when you get that opportunity, and I noticed you did the same thing, I always showed my appreciation to the OGs and, and, and the ones who were before me. And I got the opportunity to talk. And I was like, whenever he talked, like I, I was almost gazing because I wanted him. I wanted him to know I have you have my full attention, and and it was great to, a great moment for me, knowing you and knowing your dad and being around you and seeing you work from a very young age, to to really uh, acknowledge that because I think a lot of young up and coming athletes, not even you know in, in any particular sport, they tend to forget to really pay homage for people that paved the way. So I thought that was pretty good, and I wanted to first and foremost say that that was just a great moment for me to see. Uh, but for you, how did like? Open like that that first serve, yeah. Or just let's say warming up, mm-hmm. and you getting you're getting that opportunity of a lifetime. Take us through that feeling. Um. So when I first found out the draws came out and I saw I was playing Venus, I felt like I was staring at the screen for about a good twenty minutes, um, just thinking, "How is this real?" Just because I don't know. I've been thinking about this moment my whole life. I watched her. Um, I think I first watched her play when I was eight um, at um, New York U.S. Open. And then when I got on the court, I remember I put my music on full volume because I didn't want to hear the crowd. And I walked out looking at the ground because I didn't want to see the crowd. And then I remember when we were walking to the court, I was Venus walked she walked um, after me and I was still like, okay, that's Venus Williams right next to me. You I had still, that feeling like she was walking up on you. Like, oh, let me, I don't want to get in her way. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so then we were warming up on the court. She wouldn't run for some balls. So I was like, oh, I got to hit the ball perfect to her. And then after I remember the first serve, I was just like, 
trying to take myself to where I train at um, Pompeii Park and trying to take myself to another place and not at Wimbledon and pretend I was playing with my hitting partner um, and not Venus Williams. And then the whole match, I kind of felt on edge, even when I, I had the lead pretty much most of the match. And I felt on edge just because I knew that at any moment she can come back just because she's one of the greatest of all time. And so I couldn't even look at the scoreboard because I couldn't see V Williams on the score. I didn't <laughs> want to look at it at all. And I think I was just the whole match. I didn't think of Venus the whole. I just couldn't because I would start to get nervous just because you watch someone on TV and I wouldn't be playing tennis without Venus or Serena. They were my idols and they still are. And I still learn from them. And for that moment, I remember the night before I decided I would tell her thank you for everything. Even, you know, I kind of thought I would lose. I mean, I had a little bit of belief that I would win, but, you know, you still have your doubts. Um, and I wanted to tell her that I think when I first met her, which was when I, when I was 12, but I was too scared to. <laughs> um, so I thought I decided that I would do it because it was just now or, or never. And yeah, the whole match, I was just trying not to think of it as Venus. So let me ask you this. At what point in the match did you feel like... All right, everything's normal. I'm cool now. When it was over. <laughs> no, actually, not even when it was over when I got to the hotel. Because <laughs> after winning, I couldn't even, I was just like still shocked. Like even to this day, I can't, when I, people say, oh, you beat Venus Williams, I still don't believe it. And sometimes you, I'll turn to my dad and I was like, dad, I really played Venus. And I still think of it as a, just a shock to me. And I, the whole match, I was on edge. I, I could not relax the whole match. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Match point. Mm hmm. How like how did you how were you able to calm yourself down to kind of focus in? Because I know in the back of your mind you hear that over yeah. there telling you to focus. Because <laughs> I've, I've been there. I've been there when you and and Kai fooling around. He's telling you to lock in and focus or whatnot. Yeah. So how how were you able to kind of go into like you said your happy place or your your comfortable place where you say okay this is a chance of a lifetime. I like I say maybe you don't know who's over there not focusing there, but what brings you down? What brought you to that level to kind of Lock in to, to, to win um, that match. I would say just my competitiveness and my will to win. I think I had three. I think I won on my third match point. So I remember, I think it was like deuce. And I was like, I hope this isn't one of those scenarios where this you get close. You know, the upset is close and the person couldn't close it out. And I was like, no, I can't think like that. So I just thought of it as another point. I didn't really think of it as a match point, and that was why my reaction was like that. Like, there's like a picture of me shocked in disbelief because I try, yeah, I try not to think of it as a match point. And then that whole moment, it felt like forever. It looked so quick on the video, looking back at it, but for me, it felt like an hour. Like I was out there, and I just, and I couldn't believe it. How many times have you watched that match? Um, I actually, I haven't watched it. That, I only watched it once or twice. Um, I haven't watched it that many times, but I watched the match point a couple of times. I think, um, a friend of mine made a Wimbledon recap video for me. And I think I've watched that, uh, a lot of times. Just my agent has somebody make a year in 2019 recap and they show some clips when I was younger of me doing the ladder at Slice. And I was just like, it's crazy. I, I mean, that little girl was working so hard just right. for that moment and for it to happen was great. Well, I'll say for you, you know, when you have those moments where you doubt yourself, you know, I hope you never do. Mm -hmm. I think you should always go back and look at that moment yeah. and feel like how hard you train, yeah. how you were able to stay focused in the moment, because it's important. You know, sometimes when you're playing the echelon of sports or when you, you play against someone who's maybe not on your level, you tend to play down to that mm -hmm. level. But I think, 
every now and then it's good to watch it and, yeah. and learn from it and see and, and remember the feeling you had at that moment and, uh, and which I think will propel you as you play more players that you respect and love. Yeah, definitely after that, I gained a lot of confidence. I mean, I was new. I mean, I was, I was new to the professional level and early that year I had lost a couple first rounds in a smaller tournament and I was kind of doubting myself because everyone, it was always been like a kind of attention around me and everyone was expecting me to do something. And so I felt a little bit of pressure to perform well, but then Right after, I think, I don't remember which tournament, I think it was after Miami Open, um, I decided I was like, I can't play like this anymore because it's not fun anymore for me. It's more like I'm trying to be someone or be the expectations or something. So I just started taking it one match at a time and then one practice at a time where I was just enjoying it. And even though I lost some of my matches, I... I mean, obviously, right after I was a little bit disappointed, but when I lost the right way, I had still had fun on the court. And so ever since then, I felt like even though I've lost, I still had, I would say I still have fun on the court, even though it wasn't the result I wanted. Well, I will tell you this, and I want to say this, uh, that match, you when you were playing Venus, I, I know exactly where it was. I was in a, uh, on, playing golf. Uh, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> well, I was looking at, uh, yeah, I was. I just finished. I was sitting in, in, the, uh, in the bar area. And it was me and my dad talking, watching it. It was on mute at first because, of course, there's other things. And there was these four older women sitting in the back playing um, P-Knuckle. But yet I am running around, this tall black guy, running around screaming, and cheering for you like I'm there, <laughs> just like y'all were. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a problem. And I wanted to text you. I wanted to text you that so bad. But I was like, you know, it was a great moment for you. And I, I, you could see, you know, knowing you guys and, and seeing how proud you were. But it was like a proud moment. So my daughter and I, we we're actually on FaceTime talking. And, like, she was excited, going crazy. Yeah. So it was a great moment for a lot of people. What the heck is Pinochle? So Yeah, I don't know what that is. So What is it, like a school. card game? It's a, yeah. Yeah. It's a card game. Oh. Just threw me off. Yeah. Crazy. You know what's cool about what you said about the final point? I feel like we've heard some of the most elite athletes say that the game-winning shot is just like any other shot, right? That's how you have to approach it. Sometimes what, I think mm-hmm. we make the the, the the game-winning shot too big, and we put more pressure on ourselves. And I mean, and it's easier said than done. I used to live for the, the, the game-winning shot or the last shot, and I'm willing to live and die with it. You know, because we already know game seven, when I missed the game winning shot, I wanted that shot. Mm-hmm. I wanted that moment. Making it or missing it, I was able to hold my head up high, like you said, and say, you know what? I was prepared for it. It didn't happen this time. I'll be ready the next time. Ten years later, I got the opportunity uh, against the San Antonio Spurs, almost in the same area, hit the shot. And it was like all this work finally mm-hmm. happened. So, you know, it's just like... Stay in the moment, continue. Like I worked on that shot. I believed in myself. I, you know, I had many more game winning shots. Uh, and, and just that's kind of how you had to look at it. And I always looked at it. This is going to be, this shot's like the shooting the, 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 the end of the shot for in the first quarter. And that's kind of how you approach it. Can you now you stick to technique instead of the moment? So, cause mm-hmm. sometimes the moment gets too big yeah. for some of us or we just, we put too much, we give it too much respect. Right. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. And, uh, I can't imagine like the adrenaline in a yeah. moment like that. And it's different for her. I yeah. feel like it all relates to practice. I feel like you practice making those shots and you do it over and over again. Then when it's time to make it and when you really need it under pressure, you know that you can make that shot over and over again. So when I'm under pressure, I go for the serve that I know I can make in that moment. And depending on the match is different 
one match I might like my T serve better and the next match I like my wide serve. It just depends on the moment, but I know that I can make it. And I, w- I used to not be like that. I used to double fault a lot in my matches. Um, and after that, we were like practicing sec- only second serves. I used to play matches where I only get, only get one serve to work on that. And so now I know that I can make a second serve under pressure if I needed it. So that's good to have. And you said you still ask your dad, am I really, did I really play Venus? Have you really let it set in? Not only that you played her, but you beat her. No. <laughs> um, actually, I think Tennis Channel was re- rerunning my matches like two nights ago. And we, I think I watched my Hercog match to one hours down by like match point or something. And even then watching it, I was like, I can't believe that I was happy. And I looked so nervous on the screen. And I was like, I can't believe that that was me out there. And still, believe it. yeah. Believe it. But still, like, I don't know. Everyone asks me about how do you feel about 2019. I'm like, I don't know. I still haven't digested it. I'm already thinking about 2020. And I'm already training for 2020. So I don't know. It's crazy. I feel like a few years from now, like when you're up there right next to them, you'll be like, oh, wow. When I was 15, I beat my idol. Can you imagine? They're not comparable. But like playing one-on-one against Dr. J for like a huge title and you beat him. No, oh man, no. I mean, it's just like playing against MJ the first time. It's like we all, we. I mean, we act like we're you know walking in the mall or whatever. Like, and you pretend MJ or one of your favorite players is guarding you, or you know, same thing for you. So to want to, to finally get a post up, and I look back and oh man, that's really MJ behind. You know, it was just an unbelievable situation and moment for me because I, I, I mean, I, I use MJ because I didn't get the chance to play professionally against uh, Dr. Right. J. So, and, and I mean, I was in, in the moment where every kid wanted to be, to have MJ guarding you or you guarding him. The greatest player, one of the greatest players of all time. And, and it was just, it was, it was unreal. Cause I was and you know, for me, I was like, I got to give, I got to give MJ this work. <laughs> you know, this is my, like this is, only chance, chance I'll ever yeah. have, you know, I got to go after him because of the respect I had for him. And uh, obviously. And there's history there too, obviously. Well. Yeah, yeah. Of course. How many did he drop that night? I don't remember. So I had, I had 23 though. Did you? Well, you don't remember what he no, had? No, I don't know. <laughs> I <made laughs> you up. did not have 23. <laughs> I, I don't know actually. <laughs> we'll but I, look- I, remember the, I remember the moment though. I, I, I will see a picture. I'm holding the ball uh, and posting up and he's he's in the crouch position, elbow on my back. And I have, I have the ball palm like he would do. Against right. players, it was crazy because it was like it was just it just happened subconsciously. But I was like, I mean, that's the, the same this thing like move. he would do to him. Like right, it yeah. was just it was just crazy. So Coco, I know you like basketball, right? Yeah. Um, your dad played, and I, I watched a video of you at the Brooklyn Nets facility. Yeah. Tell us about kind of your love for the game of basketball and where that came from, and if you play at all now. Um, I actually didn't really get into basketball until my dad made me play one season. Um, I think I was 12 and he's like, all my kids have to play basketball. And I was like, dad kind of already like chose tennis. Like he's like, no. So I played and I think I was the only thing that started off the first game. It was one girl, me and another girl in the the league. It was basically all boys. And then she left. So it was just me. (laughs) And after that, (laughs) um, but I was, I'm really competitive. So I still tried and I didn't know anything about it. I was good at defense because it was similar to tennis and I was taller than most of the guys. Um, and then after that, I just really started getting into it and I still play sometimes like, I don't, I don't know. We were at YMCA and we played against some kids, some kids my age. Um, and uh, yeah, we ended up winning. Actually, my dad played with, (laughs) he didn't, he just, 
hit jump shots the yeah. whole time because he can't that's really. That step back jumper? That's jumpers? what we do. Yeah, that's what we it's do It's old man move. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do now. So we hit you with the jab and jumper. Yeah, I was more of a rebounder. Nothing wrong with it. That's good. I still, I follow it. I Or not as much as some people, but I still try to keep up what's going on. That's cool. Vince, that just made me think of, I need to ask you about this. When we played the Hornets and you had P.J. Washington guarding you and you easily could have gotten fouled on the three, but you hit him with a little spin move. What were you thinking in that moment? I'm just curious. Get some space. <laughs> yes, uh, but you'd rather get the I space. My, I had my back turned, so I just didn't know. I was just, it, it was more so the, 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 the spin move was just to kind of get some room to see how he would react. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to beat me to the spot. Mm-hmm. But when I knew, it was like, oh, no, nah, he he jumped to that move. Yeah. So let me just break it back. And, I mean, he's younger, so he's athletic. And so I just did the escape dribble, like a hang dribble, just to get my rhythm back and then shot it. I mean, I was just feeling good that night. So You were. You know. Drop you, nice if I tried that move, Yeah, if I tried that move, probably four games ago, I would probably would have missed it. <laughs> but, I mean, like I said, you just stick to your routine. I mean, I, I believe in the shot. I, I mean, I haven't been shooting the ball well. But, you know, it's, it's something about when you see a, a shot go in, you know, just like that, your confidence just takes off. And, you know, it's just – I was one of the same. So just taking me back to good old times. I mean, being in Carolina. Coco, are you a Heat fan? Is that right? Yeah. Miami Heat? Is that your, like, that's your team? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I don't, how old was I? I don't know how old was I when they went back to back. 11, 12, somewhere Yeah, down there, I was thinking it was 11 or 12, but I remember in so the middle of the night, it was late. He's screaming at the TV, um, pretending he's Pat Riley. <laughs> <laughs> he's screaming at the TV and I was trying to sleep. And I think that's when it all started. And my brother got crazy about Birdman. I mean, he loved, he fell in <laughs> love, love with him. He's a teammate of mine. He's great. Yeah, he's he great. fell in love with him. And then I started getting into it. But yeah. You have a favorite player? Uh, my favorite player, I would say, well, he's actually, he's Kawhi. Right? I would say my favorite player. Is also that because he's New Balance right. too, but I just like the way he plays and he's, you know, he's kind of a chill, quiet guy, handles his business and keeps it going. And also, obviously, I love, I love LeBron. That's cool. But did you like Kawhi before you guys were both New Balance? That's um, just the yeah, icing on I the was, cake? I mean, I was keeping up. I mean, I wouldn't say he was my favorite, but then New Balance kind of obviously pushed that. And when I met him, that pushed that a lot yeah. a lot more. Um, but I feel like LeBron was definitely probably my favorite all throughout just when I was younger, just because he's LeBron. I mean, everyone in my generation likes him. And he also has a son that's my age, and he's I, I try to watch some of his games just because it's crazy. You know, you see people your age doing good things in different sports. It's yeah. pretty cool. Is it crazy for you? You just said LeBron is everyone of your generation's favorite player. Is it crazy for you to think about younger women and men playing tennis that are going to say, like, oh, Coco Goff, that's my person? Yeah, I, it's definitely crazy. Even now, people come up, little, especially little girls, they come up to me saying, oh, you're my idol, and I picked up a racket before uh, you and parents came say they entered their kid. I remember, I think it was Delray program before Wimbledon, there was only like a couple kids. And then when I came back, all the courts were packed and they were, and then the director was like, this is all because of you. And I was like, that's really crazy because I, I still, I mean, I'm still a kid yeah. <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out life as well. But the fact that people look up to me, I mean, it's a huge responsibility, but I think that I think that I'm doing the right things, hopefully. <laughs> do you ever feel like, like you said, it's a big responsibility. Do you ever feel like pressure to kind of set the right example? Oh, uh, no, just because I feel like this whole time I've been being myself and people already seem Love to like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> seem to like it. So I don't feel pressure to be an idol or be good because I feel like my parents raised me to 
be a good person and I know what's right and I know what's wrong. And this whole time I've been being myself. So I don't, it would be a lot harder if I was pretending to be something that I'm not, but everything is like, even today, my dad, um, and my agent, they don't really prep me for interviews or anything or any of that because I was like, I don't like it because it doesn't feel genuine. And I don't feel like, I feel like I always say what I mean. And if it's more, most of the time, I my I feel like it's the right thing. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Just remember this: that the world is in love with you and appreciates you because of who you are and the way you handle yourself. So, you. if you continue to kind of keep that in the back of your mind, you'll be fine. Because at the end of the day, whether they like what you say or not, it's like we've always known her to be who she is yeah. and say what she wants to say, which is going to nine times out of ten be the right thing. Mm-hmm. But you're you're speaking your mind, and and you you. Just don't change. And, and I, I, I can tell that's not going to happen. But I, I say that just because like you're in a position where, like I say, a lot of kids right now are looking up to you and it's just going to get, I mean, just get more ridiculous yeah. as you go on and continue to win. And I, I think those kids are, are, are really fans and now you're their idol because of how you handle yourself. So, you know, kudos to you and I hope you continue to do so. Vince, when you were 15, I feel like she is, no offense, Maybe but like- in high school. Right, like you were 15 years old, Vince Carter. How many people like knew about you and were following your career at that point? It was different. I mean, right. locally, uh, in Florida maybe. Yeah. You know, but, you know, outside of that, uh, <laughs> probably not as many. I mean, unless I played in different tournaments. You know, so 15, I was a sophomore. And, and at that time, Florida sports is football. Mm-hmm. And basketball was kind of secondary. And it was like, okay. And then, you know, it's a little different now, but, um, you know, I had to kind of go through leaps and bounds to kind of prove that, you know, there are some good basketball players in the state of Florida. Right. Um, and, you know, so, cause everybody, every time I would go to camps, I'm like, yo, you don't play football? You from Florida? Florida. It's a your football state. There's some basketball players out there too. So it was just pretty cool to, to kind of break the mold. And, and I'm not one, uh, you know, the, the only one. There's a lot of people obviously before me. George McLeod, who was an NBA, who played in the NBA prior, prior to me. There's so many people. I mean, I can name a list of basketball players, but we didn't have social media. So it wasn't as easy. So when you hear about a person or somebody named you, just say, Oh, let me go look it up. Yeah. You know, like you said, you yeah. can watch Bronnie play whenever you want, yeah. and he's on the other side of the world. Yeah, you know, exactly. so it it wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't hear about players like that until you actually saw them face to face. You know, now young kids can prep for a matchup just by going on social yeah, media. We couldn't do that. It was like you know, you got to get it in the mud and figure it out. So this is a, this is a different world now. Yeah, totally. I can't different. imagine actually. Have you spoken to Venus or Serena since that match? And do you look to them for advice? Do you guys like talk outside of the match? How does that look? Um, I've spoken to them a couple times. Uh, I've only, I mean, I've seen them, see them at tournaments all the time. Um, but I did get advice from Serena, bef- like not right before the match, but um, just throughout because Patrick, I met her first met her when I was ten, and she just told me to keep working hard and kind of stay in your own lane and. Don't worry about the noise too much. Obviously, her coming up, there's a lot of noise about her and Venus. So, and their dad was make big in their career and had a big impact on how the media kind of portrayed them. And that's why I think she was trying to kind of get out of it. And then after the match, after I beat Venus, she was like, Oh, I'm proud of you, but you beat my sister. (laughs) (laughs) So they, I always, I mean, they're great people and they couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better role model, especially for me. That's amazing. And you beat one of them. That's crazy. Uh, Vince, what advice do you have for Coco 
because like we talked about earlier, you guys have been in such a similar, you know, the whole world is watching you both and you've come out, you're on the other side of it now playing for 22 years professionally. How old are you? 15. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, she wasn't even no, no, born. No, no. I mean, there's so many aspects and things that, that I can share, but I, I think one of the, the great pieces of advice I think somebody has given you is block out the noise. You know, and I think that'll take care of a lot of the other stuff. Uh, And social media can be the devil for this generation now when you worry about the noise and what's being said and the expectations and what they feel like you should do instead of what or how your team feels like you can you should do. And that was the great thing about watching you play. And, you know, we're on the other side, on the TV side and hearing them, oh, you know, she did that because she's young and blah, 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 blah. But then all of a sudden it changes when... (laughs) You win and you start doing this. So that's why I say sometimes block out the noise because at the end of the day, they're going to say what they're going to say anyway. Mm -hmm. They're going to do or feel how they want to feel anyway. So I think, you know, you walk your walk. Um, You know, when you have questions, you ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Um, You know, you have a great team behind you, obviously. You know, fight your fight. Walk your walk. And and, and like I say, once you block out the noise, everybody can't get to you because it's just like you just all, all you see is people just. Like, all right, I don't know what you're saying, so I'm going to keep it moving, and I think you'll be fine. Have you, I'm sure you have had some haters on, mm-hmm. like, social media and stuff. Yeah. How do you approach them? Do you just ignore it completely, or I'm sure your dad has helped you a lot with that? Um, I feel like everyone takes it different. Some players take it as a negative, but I feel like I take it as a positive, just as motivation. I don't, I don't, I don't really take it seriously just because it's like they don't know me, I don't know them, so how do I take it to heart? Yeah, I've never been the type to take credits to heart, even when it comes to my, my dad, I'll he even, he'll joke about, sometimes I'll ask him, oh, do you like my outfit? And then I'll be like, oh, I don't care. I like it. So I feel like I like what I like and I do what I do. And I don't care what people think when it comes to something. I'll take critiques. Yes. But when it comes to just straight out being negative, then it's just like, okay. That's great. Because they've taken really the time to actually, to they've actually taken the time to yeah. talk about you. So that means they think about you. Mm-hmm. That means I'm on your mind. Yeah. 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 Vince has to give me these pep talks like once a week and you're already there. It's amazing. That's yeah. great. Haters are her you're motivators. In this, space, this one's down in this space. Uh, trust me, I'm like yeah. Aww. Gee. Um, any passions outside of tennis? Any things you like to do when you're not playing? More as hobbies, I would say. Um, I like reading. I, I feel like all my time is consumed when it comes to my brothers because when I'm not playing tennis, they're at a game. I know Cody had three baseball games on Sunday. Um, and he has, how many, I feel like he has like at least seven, eight, nine games a week. And obviously I can't go to all of them because that's just too much baseball for (laughs) me. And it's, I only pay attention when he's on the field. Um, and I just, I feel like that's basically where most of my time goes with my family, but reading school, I don't know. I feel like I'm a busy girl. (laughs) How do you do school? Are you homeschooled? Uh, I've been doing online school since third grade. So it's been going well for me. I like it. Do you have your sights set on college or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, for sure. Well, obviously, I can't play tennis. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, it's safe to say you're an NBA fan. So you should definitely be listening to the Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast. Bill Simmons' new podcast breaking down the NBA's most important games, players, and teams, extending and reinventing his New York Times number one best-selling book from 2009. There have been dramatic changes in the NBA during the past decade. 
and it's great to hear Bill and guests discuss how the league has evolved and where it's headed. And remember, you can just say, hey, Google, play Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast. Sure. Playing the latest episode of Book of Basketball 2.0. Book of Basketball pod. This is a bookend pod to the Dirk Nowitzki Pyramid pod we did. Mark Stein is here. We're going to talk about Game 7, 2006, Spurs, Dallas. Hey, Google, pause podcast. This NBA season, Mountain Dew is all about the threes, the shot that's changing the game. Vince, obviously being a member of the Atlanta Hawks, you can't talk about three-pointers without talking about Trey Young. What do you see from Trey and his three-point game? Playing alongside Trey, knowing how he thinks, he looks at the three-point line like a mid-range jump shot. And everything behind that is a three-point shot. Uh, he has the ability, he has the range, he has the confidence in shooting a three. You know, at, at any point when he feels like he has a window and he gets his feet set, it's bombs away. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Mountain Dew, the official beverage of the NBA. Do the do. So, so for me, you know, we have this long walk from center court to court one. And it was a little longer than I imagined. We did like a practice run right, right, the day right. before, but when the match actually started happening, <laughs> I'm trying to project this confidence because my little girl's about to go play Venus William on court one. And as we're walking down the hall, I realized like, man, Venus is tall. She's my height. Right. And along the walls, they have pictures and she's won it five times. So every few pictures you see Venus and I'm like, I hope she's not looking at that picture of her holding the trophy <laughs> as we're walking down the Were aisle. you? No, I wasn't. <laughs> you were looking at it. I was looking at the ground the whole time. Yes, she was. I would have never thought that he was nervous. He never really shows that. No, I we're didn't not think supposed it would help to as, as fathers or parents. Yeah. Like, you know, we just, we, we, we out on the outside, we, we have all the support inside. We're like, man, what can I do? Can, what can I say? So I can imagine that walk for you. Is a little different, but the same. Yes. Uh, Even like when I set my goals, was it this year? Yeah. I was like, I think it was ranked 800 or something. Yeah, she won Orange Bowl. And I was like, I, right after Orange Bowl, which is my last junior tournament, I was like, I want to finish next year top 100. I did a double take. I was like, top 100? You only can play eight tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> and but they he, take your top 16 tournaments. So right, he right. didn't say, like, you, he's like, okay. Well, I'm a Formula A fan to make that happen. But now after accomplishment uh, accomplished it, he was like, wow, I can't believe you you were able to do that. And what did you finish? Uh, 68. Right? 68. Yeah, 68. In the world, in the entire world. It started out at 875. So, when know, was she 875? January, uh, January. Last, of this year. My goodness. Yeah, January of this year. Oh, man. That's right. She had a similar in the juniors. She only played like nine tournaments and became number one. That's when she became the youngest number one ever. Right. A few tournaments, but you know, all of those things started going through my head. Like when we started tennis, we're walking down here, uh, down taking this, this walk. Seemed like it took forever to get to the court. Well, we were waiting on her for a bit. <laughs> yeah, we were waiting on her to come, and then I, I was just trying to project calm and. And I, you know, I thought about all the moments. I was like, man, I, I think we've done all that we can to prepare for this moment. Just gotta go do and, it. Uh, 
uh, and I hope she read it. She seems ready. She mm-hmm. seemed to be kind of, you know, numb to the moment. That's mm-hmm. important when you're right. competing. It's like you For just sure. can't think about the right. moment. You just got to go and do your work. And so as I left, I think I kissed her on the cheek. It was always kind of our routine. We say a prayer um, before the before she goes out on the court. And then I leave. I kiss her on the cheek and I start walking back. And the way you walk back, I don't see the crowd. I, I can hear them as she's walking on the court, but I got to find my way right. to the <laughs> seat. And I remember I stopped at the bathroom. Cause I was so nervous. I was like, all right, I gotta calm down. And I was in the bathroom. I went to the stall and I said another prayer. <laughs> I said, Lord, I hope this is not too much. And I hope I haven't done too much too fast. And, um, hopefully she, uh, she'll be successful. Then I walked up to the seat and I remember I gotta just be poker face because she's going to be looking up there at us and I got to project calm and confidence because I, you know, it's, she's going to be riled up. Right. And naturally I'm, I'm a basketball player. So we coach by talking and moving, not just sitting, right, and, right. you know, clapping. So as she did that, you know, I knew that, uh, I knew the cameras were going to be pointed at the box. And so I had to be real careful <laughs> <laughs> that nobody could read my lips. Right, so I right. kind of covering my mouth up a little bit. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> never did that before. <laughs> I never had to worry about it. So I got to cover my mouth so they wouldn't read my lips. And then I, you know, I, it was important to me, Vince was, you know, as being a black father, you know, sometimes we don't get a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. And, and some of us mm-hmm. didn't have fathers in our life. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, you know, hopefully that this moment is, is is so good that that this is a, you know, an idea that other black fathers can get in their kids' lives if they're not or if they are, that, you know, anything can be possible. Mm-hmm. Because you know, three years ago, we were sitting under a tree right. <laughs> in Boca, exactly. West Boca, yeah. in the heat, watching our watching daughters. Our, yep. Play tennis and then, you know, everything happened so fast and she improved so fast that, you know, this moment with Venus, it was just a first round match, but it seemed like this, the, the, finals the finals because right. of all the, you know, the, you know, we didn't know we were playing Wimbledon. Then we show up the next day. I said, Oh, guess what? You're in Wimbledon, then qualifying round. And then we get there and we go through qualifying. So by the time she gets to Venus, it's the fourth match. And, you know, I'm mentally exhausted, but she doesn't know that. But I'm like, man, right. that's a lot going on. Right. And then uh, after that moment, every, you know, really, you know, kind of put on a map. I mean, that was kind of her hello world. I am here for real and I'm ready to play. And I want to ask this with that being said, because it it happened so fast and because so much attention got to both of you. Oh, how were you able to kind of block out that noise for her where she can just focus on tennis and not have to worry about? Sure. Like, how yeah. have you been able to handle that? Well, I that? think, you know, it's been a team effort. My wife is, you know, she's the one who portrays the calmness and makes sure I'm calm. And she's kind of coaching me to coach a girl because you know, she played individual sport as well. And she was pretty close to her dad, obviously. And so she's always coaching me and reminding me of, you know, what these are our core values. And this is what we agreed that we're going to do. This is how you said you're going to behave. And this is how you said you're going <laughs> to act and be careful. Somebody might look at you right, and cover right. your mouth when you're talking. So I think, you know, I've always tried to, even when she played in the juniors, just to keep, you know, keep everything about just participating in the sport. Because as you know, if you start worrying about the business, Outside of your sport, you can't perform in the sport because you're not, your head's not in the right place. So I'm always trying to like remove all these obstacles and I seed her a little information so she has some knowledge about her business activities and what's going on. But really just keeping it about, you know, the most important thing you can do in your career is perform. And, you know, I know sometimes athletes get sidetracked with side business deals and all this, but you know, your body is the most important asset at the time because right. that's what's going to earn you well the career. And well once, said. once, once you're done with all that, and I, you know, I, Followed your career, went back and got your, your degree. Mm-hmm. So now you're set up well for the next life. Yeah. And I think you, you, you did, you, you know, 22 years is unheard of in almost any right. sport, really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just telling him this, Coco, 22 years, no scandals, 
no arrests, no BS, just a, a good role model for, for, for just being focused on your career, being nice to people and being thoughtful. So that, that's kudos Thanks, to you because the whole thank life you. for 22 years. Thank you, man. And not, not punch nobody out because I know they said some stuff. <laughs> 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 I probably would have had done it no, by now. But, yeah, you know, that's, 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 I mean, that's phenomenal. So that, you. that you know, as soon as you call, of course, it was a no-brainer. You do probably, oh, yeah, absolutely, because you know, I, if she models her career after your career, different sports. But man, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, absolutely. When he was giving her that advice, it's like exactly how he's run his career. You know, he's blocked out the noise and he focuses on the sport and just everything. The maturity level is exactly how he's done his entire career. Yeah, I just feel like it's important, and then I think as you go along. When people are trying to attack you, they tend to respect you like, you know what? What I'm doing is wrong because they, she or whoever is going about their business the right way. Mm-hmm. Why should I attack or, you know, do what I do? So, you know, and, and then there's some people just don't care. And you are, your approach, like you said, is like, I don't know you. You don't know me, whatever. Yeah, you she's know, done a good, good job with that because, you know, some of the stuff I, you know, I try not to read. But it, it's it, people can yeah. say some mean stuff, absolutely. and you know, it's, absolutely. I'd rather be said to me because they don't bother me. I'm mm. older now. I can't. Yeah. Help that. But when they say it about your daughter, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it brings it, up it, a it little hot blood in yeah, you. And so you just got to remind yourself that you know what they they're purposely trying to get me to to do something that that would not make her look good. Yeah. Do you try to kind of do what she does and just ignore it, block out the haters? Yeah, I do. I really do. I try to stay in this. No, sometimes. <laughs> At first, he, he was said like, he, tri- he said, I try. He I did say, try. He's like, oh, screenshot me every message that you get. And I'm like, dad, you would not. What are you going to do? Wait, their accounts of zero followers. They have a fake profile. What are you going to do? Yeah. And I'm like, you just get Just leave it alone. It's all right. We'll be okay. You're it's just to words. a dad, though, so you know yeah. you, intuitively you want to protect. That's what you want. Yeah. It's just words. Yeah, that's good. It I'm is. glad I said I'm, I'm very happy that you're that way. That you were able to block that out. Stay because, that way. Uh, yeah. Stay that we'll way see. because they won't stop coming. Right. That's, that is a fact. Probably the most mature teenager I've ever met in my life, don't you think? It's insane. Well, I think that's it. That's all you have good anything for me. else? No, nah, that's great, man. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything coming up that you want people to know about? Or how can, I'm sure everyone's already following you on social media, so you don't have to worry about just that one. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah, all my socials are Coco Golf. I mean, I don't have anything big coming up besides the Australian Open, but no like really major media stuff. Trying to just settle down, enjoy the holidays, and any new gear? Uh, not, not, not that I know of, honestly, because uh, the Call Me Coco shirts I didn't really know they were coming out to like three weeks before. <laughs> it's sometimes a bad thing. I don't really pay attention when we have these meetings and stuff. I'm just like, okay, and that but, works. It's yeah, early. not any gear I know. Right. Yeah, not any gear I know about. <laughs> and if there is. I don't know about it yet. <laughs> All right, that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> well, we'll stay tuned. I feel like hopefully we'll still be doing something in a couple of years from now, and we need to check back in with Coco. Yes, I'm sure you'll be sure. top 10, number one. Who knows? You're 68 right now. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Well, thank you so much thank for you. your time. Thank, thank you. you for coming, bringing Coco. I'm glad you guys know each other. The dads, the old yeah. the old heads in the room. Absolutely. Came together for the podcast. Good times. You understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is another edition of Winging It with Vince Carter. I'm your host, Annie Finberg. Please don't forget to subscribe. Give us five stars. Five stars, please. Do you think we should get five stars? Yes. Yes. And leave us a really kind review. Yes. Please. We- please. In Coco's honor. But but the haters are accepted as well. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bars. See ya. We out.